Whoa, I hope you're tuned in, settled back and listening because I got a mad show for you. Both of my guests are um both of my guests are very, very interesting, very, very talkative and uh, we're going to have a ball here this afternoon. I'm delighted to welcome um Kathleen Feely, who was Glennon. Uh, and she's going to chat to us about Tales from the Crooked Meadow. It's a story about a school uh, in, in County Roscommon. And I'll ask Kathleen to chat with us and tell us a little bit about that. And I'm delighted to have from the United States of America, Helen Claire Hensley. And she's going to chat about her book. The story she wrote was 70 years ago. The book is being launched on Saturday. So we'll start with yourself, Kathleen. You're welcome. Yeah, thank you. Where are you from? I'm from uh, Lowtown Valley, Dangan at Low, County Roscommon. County Roscommon. And <clears throat> the book is about a school you went to. Yeah. What was the name of the school? The name of the <coughs> school was Camp Lowne School, but it was called the Crooked Meadow. Why was it Camp called? Camp means the Crooked Meadow. Oh, I didn't know that. So five generations of your family went to this school? Yes. Your your granny? My my mother. Your mother? Mary Hardiman. Go on. And, uh, Myself, my daughter Mary, and her daughter Dina, and her her daughter Alexa. Alexa, and Alexa's only little. How old is she's Alexa? It's her second year in the, in the school. Okay. She's uh, going on six. Okay. So tell us, tell us about the school. What was this? Were you, did you live near the school? It, uh, it was a two-teacher school in my mother's time, and uh, Master Larkin and Mrs. Larkin taught in the school. And uh, he was a wonderful teacher, mm-hmm. and uh, so was his wife. And my mother loved going to school. And uh, you said she, she was very clever. Pardon? You said she was very intelligent. Oh, very, very. Um, she had actually brains to born as the saying. Anything she was taught, she remembered it. And every there's um, stories in the book that uh, she recited uh, at her age. And and uh, she's passed. There's a poem there in the book that she recited. Okay, and I didn't know about. Uh, and she was 104 <coughs> at the time. Yeah. I didn't know about the poem, so I didn't. Yeah. Do you know well, the poem? Could, yes, she could. Uh, Your sons are there, and it's there on the book. Okay, well, yeah. I'll give you back the book later on, and I'll get you to find it for me. Yeah. Catherine, can I ask you to tell me the little story that you told me this morning about your granny? She took oh, to her bed for 15 years. Yeah. They, when the black and tans were around, they, my father was on the run. for, uh, And uh, they were looking for him one uh, one night, and they came into the house, and he wasn't there. So they shot up over in the bed, and they put two bullet holes each side of her head in the wall. And uh, she never left the bed after that. She got nervous from the black and tans. And my mom minded her for 14 and a half years. And I was in two rooms and a kitchen, as you understand, yeah. and no running water. Well, we had a pump out on the street that we used to pump with the, the, the uh, pump stick and that. So um, my mother looked after her. For and what about your dad? Did they, did they catch him? No, they didn't catch him. One morning they came to the door and he thought it was a neighbour that knocked at the door and he got up to see what he wanted and it was the black and tans. And they pulled him out. He had just had a short on him and his trousers. And they pulled him out in his bare feet and they dragged him in three miles in the road. And they put him into an old school. And uh, they were going to set fire to it when he escaped. And they let a shot and it took the top of his ear. 
So he escaped and he ran out to a neighbour's uh, house and he stayed in the cow barn until uh, they were thought they were gone. And his father come in the road in the evening looking for him. So that was the end of that. So. And, and do you remember the Black and Tans? Do I remember them? No, I wasn't born then. You weren't born no, then? No. no. I was born in 1937. And would you remember your dad with the shot wound on, on the top yeah, of his ear? Yeah, you can see the little pig gun on the <coughs> top of his ear. Yeah. Yeah. My mum used to tell us all those stories. What other stories did she tell you? Oh, um, she was always telling about going to the dancing and everything. Uh, tell us about going to the dancing. Um, they had, uh, she had no sister. She had four brothers and no, five brothers and no sister. And there was two girls just about, about two miles away from her that she always called them her sisters. And uh, they were, used to have um, a house dancing at the time and when the crowd would be coming they'd come from my even across the Shannon from seven churches in a boat to come to the house dancing. Right. It would be the moonlight nights used to be so bright. And uh, they the girls of the house would put up big blinds uh, dark blinds on the windows and the way they wouldn't know whether it was daylight or dark. <laughs> it would be seven o'clock in the morning when they'd be going home. What? <laughs> from the house dancing. Imagine staying out that late. <laughs> It wouldn't be done today. <laughs> Definitely <laughs> not. Yeah, the was. And uh, that uh, was it, so... And would there be music? Oh, music, <coughs> your local people. There was great accordion players and fiddle players in every house, nearly. Mm. Yeah. And can you play music yourself? No, I tried, but... <laughs> have Maggie in the wood and the wild Kelonian boy. <laughs> <laughs> can you sing it? <laughs> I did it one time, but I have no words of it now. <laughs> if we got the words of it, could you sing it? <laughs> no, no. We, we'll have to bring you back. The words are all gone. He was his to... mother's only. His father's pride and joy In the dearly daily parents love The wild colonial boy Pulamos! Pulamos! It's only on the ice. It's how you're forgetting. And we used to be singing all the time because my mum had the gramophone and she'd be always buying those records and learning how to dance and everything. So in the house dances. In the house dances. Yeah. yeah, well, what we'll have to do now is we'll have to, we now know what we have to do. We have two months and we're going to rehearse a couple of songs and you're coming back in. How long are you? Oh, well, I'll work this out later. We'll work out the timeline later, but you'll be coming back in to do a sing song. What do you think? I'll come back for the shake, all right. <laughs> <laughs> She's coming back for the check. For the check, Mum. Well, she's can I tell? Can I just tell you? A lot of people came in here and they thought they were going to get even a brown envelope, but they got nothing. <laughs> well, I'm used to him doing that. Love and joy. It's, it's a low budget program. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> your mum's name, though. Uh, what was your mum's name? Uh, My mum's name was Mary Hardiman, and she was married to Jim. And did you have a friend going to school, Ledworth, or was it your mum? Pardon? Did you have a friend going to school by the surname Ledworth? Oh, no, my mum had. My mum had. Mimi Levitch. Levitch? Yeah. Okay, right. 
What time is it? Oh, she was a Mimi Kevin from Derry Lane. She was one of 21 in family. Really? Yeah. And was there big families at that time? Oh, there was. On the one street, there was 17 in Duffy's family and there was 21 in Pat Gavin's family. And she was one of them, one of the 21. Yeah. And he was an only son. And did they all <coughs> shop around the world then? They did, yeah. They were all married around Rapoche and but a good few. A few of them went to England and a few of them went to America. And did you have family that went to America? Huh? Did you have family that yes, and had... Uh, uh, there were six of us in America at one time. I was in America too. Yeah, I worked in America in Motorola where they made the televisions in, in Chicago. Wow. In Chicago? Yeah. And did you like it there? I did. I loved it there. And then I came home for a holiday. And of course, my father said, don't go back, Kathleen. He said, we'll have no one to bury us. My, mother, my oldest sister was at home at the time and my youngest brother. And there were six of us there together in Chicago. And when did you meet your husband? I met him back home. In Ireland. In Ireland, when yeah. you came home from Chicago. Yeah. And did your parents live long after that? Oh, well, um, my father was 38 years dead before my mum passed away. Yeah, my father died on, on the, he was going on easy. Yeah. Yeah. And that meant your, your mum had to bring you up on her own? Oh, no, well, well we were, uh, we, I was uh, uh, in Chicago at that time before okay. my father died. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. And um, you liked Chicago, you came back home, you settled in. How many children did you have yourself? I have five, ch- five children, three boys and two girls. And, and I, I have 16 grandchildren and four great-grandchildren. And have you got... Um, t- tell us the name of your children, first of all. Where are they? My... Uh, my I have one... My oldest boy is, is married back home and um, my second boy is in Boston. He's out there for over 35 or 37 years. And uh, he's married out there. And he has... Um, uh, three kids, two boys and one girl, and uh, then my other, uh, my oldest boy has uh, had a boy and girl, but they are married now, and uh, the oldest the boy of his has a, a, a child, a little girl called Lucy. Okay. And uh, then uh, my second, third boy, then he's uh, he's married with five boys and twins on them, and uh, his oldest boy is getting married now in April. And uh, so uh, he's a, um, a sergeant in Bannerstone. Oh, in Bannerstone, yeah, here yeah. at home, yeah, okay. And uh, so uh, then Mary is. Leah's mum. Leah's mum. Yeah. And then Katrina is married in Lahore. Okay. Yeah. And Mary, I know, I know Mary quite well. Mary has three <coughs> girls, and Katrina has three girls. So. Mm. Yes, and I know Mary's three girls. Yeah. So I do. So, um, any other stories that happened when you were going to school? Any other stories? Yeah, when you go to school. Tell us about Christmas. Oh, Christmas. We always loved Christmas. And my dad, uh, they used to have the big red candles in the windows long ago. They, they, the windowsills was this wide in the old houses. And they, they used to have uh, the big red candles. And my dad would be going round. Uh, he'd get a few turnips and he'd cook them, the two ends of them and leave uh, that much of a, of a thing for to hold the red candle in the window that it wouldn't fall over. Right. And that, so uh, that was his, he'd be doing that Christmas Eve, and my mum would write the red candles in the window, so we'd all go in when we were small, we'd be in the rooms playing, and we'd be jumping from one bed to the other. (laughs) (laughs) We didn't get killed, and then my had a brother who was very jolly, very funny, and he'd always put on my dad's white shirt on him, and he'd be saying, Mess, (laughs) 
<laughs> and that time it was in la- in Latin, and it would be Kyrielison, Christielison, and all this. And when they be saying the uh, high mass, they be the priest would be saying, singing, "Did you get your pound? No, no. Did you? The canon got too." <laughs> Just keep going, Kathleen. Please. They, he, he wanted someone to ring a bell, and uh, that them times we used to have a, pot, a special pot for making the store about in the oh, right. store about that thing. It's porridge now. <coughs> but uh, he sent down anyway for to get the little pot, uh, and someone gave it a crack and made two halves of it, <laughs> ringing the bell. <laughs> so we had to hide that, and that was it. That's all the fun. We used to be always making fun for ourselves. We had the ties were small and things like that. So, and the candles did you buy the candles or did you make the candles? Oh, no, you bought the candles, you bought them. They'd always come with the Christmas when they go by the Christmas, they'd always get the big red candles. Yeah, and what about making the cakes? And making my mom used to make five oven cakes every day and uh, beautiful uh, treated cakes, you could smell them a mile away. And then you, that was on the open fire. They were baked in an oven by the side of the fire. You had coals in the bottom and coals on the top of the lid to cook the top of the cake. And then when the, we used to always have a, a goose for Christmas and she put them into the big pot and we had the biggest griddle in the parish and uh, she was to put the, the griddle on the top of the pot and cover it over with stone or with the turf, with the fire for to cook the goose on the top. So the goose would be kind of <coughs> enclosed yes, in, in, the, yeah, in the fire. Roasting on the, be the side of the fire, yeah. And who'd pluck, who'd pluck the goose? My mom. My mom and kept the down, kept the the down of the goose for to make pillows. Yeah. And she cook, uh, she um, pluck the goose. Yeah, and and she pluck about twenty geese. She used to have them for sale. And. Uh, then the wings, you you uh, like uh, kept the wings for for oh, dusters and things like that. I've yeah. forgotten that. It was not wasted. I've totally forgotten that, and I have seen it, but I just totally forgot that. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'd, we'd be helping her there with the putting the feathers into the bag, and she pluck all the big feathers first and put them into a bag, and then she pluck the down of the goose for to make pillows. Soft. Yeah, the soft, the down would be a soft. Yeah, yeah. feathers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what else about Christmas? So, you you made, you you cooked your your goose, you made cake. Was it yeah, Christmas cake? Yeah, we made cake? the cakes. We never, you'd never see a loaf in the house. Only the time of a threshing, when you'd be threshing the corn, they might buy a loaf of bread or two. That time. And why would they buy the bread at that stage? Because uh, well, I mean, they mightn't have enough of homemade bread, <laughs> and they buy a loaf or two to make it plentiful because it would be low from red jam there was no ham <laughs> oh it was red jam no ham and um, yeah and what else um, and uh, would Santi come oh San- Santi would come okay and uh, that of course we were all going to bed early and when we got up in the morning like you had the, a Christmas stocking or different things there might be a little Christmas tree about two inches high or three inches um, a little doll, a sixpenny doll or a ninepenny doll, them times. And would it be a piece of fruit? 
No, not no. Well, they we uh, chocolate in there. You'll get a, a little box with chocolates in it, and that'll be in the stocking as well. So, well, you. I mean, I. I kind of thought them times were hard, but to get a little doll and a yeah, chocolate. Yeah, they always made sure to have something, something for yeah. us at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, it was hard to make ends meet. Yes. Yeah. But the, there was a little gift, and there was. Yeah, there Santa was always turned something. Up. Yeah. Yeah. And did you ever see Santi? No, no, never seen him. But uh, Master Larkin's son crept down the stairs one night, and the, the master and missus was parceling the, oh. <laughs> the toys and putting <laughs> the names on them, and that, and uh, the master caught him. But that finished Christmas at that house. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's finished Christmas everywhere. <laughs> now the master and his wife were probably putting the uh, toys together yes, yes. for for other yes, uh, people, yes. but uh, it wasn't Santa. Oh, no, they weren't Santa. <laughs> it wasn't Santa. No, no, it wasn't Santa. It was the teachers the doing presents. Yeah, yeah, it was the Santa. No, it wasn't Santa. Oh, that's finished Santa when you win. And hmm? um, there's an awful lot of giggling going on here in the studio. Oh, I'm, I'm finding it very hard to keep up with. I know, yes, yes. Yes. So it wasn't Santi. No, Santi came me later. He came later in the middle of the night. <laughs> yes, yes, on a sleigh. Yeah. Did you ever have snow? Oh, yes. Do you remember the big snow? I don't remember the big... I do remember the big snow, but I was only young. Okay. And I remember the kids going home from school, stayed at our house that night, and the next day, the father came across to see what happened to the kids that didn't go home from school, and uh, two fathers, and uh, they stayed at our house, and he said, oh, God love me. He said, leave them there, he said, little morning. We'll bring them out. Yeah, that, was, the, the that was a big snow, and that's yeah. another interesting story. Yeah. And we had somebody on, on the that radio. Yeah, with somebody on the radio there not so long ago, who um, last week, who did a poem about, she wrote a poem about that big snow. Yeah. So she did. Have you enjoyed your chatting? I have enjoyed it, yeah. Will, will you learn a few songs and come back? And we, we'll get Mary. I wanted the chorus of every whole song. <laughs> but you, we, we can, we can move along on chorus. Oh, we can motor along on course so we can how about that ok can we thank Kathleen Feely who was Glennon who was part of this book I might get you to I, I see another picture there's two pictures three pictures here of your cousins that were known. yeah three our first cousins the mothers of your mothers mm. yeah ok and I might ask you to look through the book and see if you can find the poem that your mum recited yes yeah, recited where is it I might just go to the ads and come back from the ads and we get you, get looking at that poem there. There it is, your son to there. Okay. <coughs> well, we look at that when we come back from the ads. Would you be able to say it, Cathy? Would I be able to say it? Yeah, maybe later on. Yes, yeah. later on we'll be able to say it. Wow, that was a, an amazing first, um, first quarter of the arts programme and thank you for the messages that are coming in here on my phone thick and strong great entertaining programme lovely listening to the old stories Kathleen are you listening to me? <laughs> <laughs> great <laughs> I think comments that people have said about your stories Leah uh, her granddaughter is telling her what I've just said <clears throat> great listening to the old stories thoroughly enjoyed listening to Kathleen let's have some more of that now isn't that nice? And we're going moving over to Helen Clark Hensley, and this is going to be equally as entertaining. I know that. Hold on, I get a cough here. 
Now, you're welcome, Helen Clark Hensley. Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm fine. You're welcome on the arts program. You're welcome uh, you're all the way from the United States of America. Yes. What part of the uh, states are you from? From Martinsville, Virginia. Virginia. Oh, that sounds lovely. And is that in the north or the south? That's in the south. That's in the south. And when did you fly in? When did you get to Ireland? I got to Ireland on Saturday morning, 5 o'clock. 5 o'clock on Saturday morning. I was greeted by an elf, my an daughter, <laughs> <laughs> in an elf outfit. <laughs> I actually seen the picture. <laughs> oh, did you? I did, I did. And uh, how long did it take you to fly from Virginia to uh, Ireland? I flew from um, Raleigh to Boston, and that was two hours, and had a wait, and then I flew from Boston um, uh, uh, to um, Dublin, to Dublin, and that was about five hours. And did you travel on your own? Yes. Um, let's say, listeners, um, Helen is over 90. 93. 93. 93. I wasn't exactly going to say that. And you travelled all the way on your own with your with your new book, the book yes, that you're just about to launch. And it's a beautiful book. It's a beautiful coloured yeah. book, isn't it? Yeah. It's stunning. And the pictures in it, and we'll talk about the pictures in a minute, and we'll talk, we'll talk about the book. The book, you, the, the story you wrote, what is the story you wrote? The story that I wrote was written in 1951. I just graduated from college in, in, in Richmond, Virginia, and uh, back to Kentucky, and I taught school. I was walking home from school one day, and I saw my mother in the doorway, and she looked anxious. And uh, when I got home, I said, what's wrong? She said, I forgot I have the program for the music club in two weeks. And she said, please, please write a program for me. Write a Christmas poem, anything. And so I did. I went inside. All that night started writing. My father came in and said, what are you doing up so late? I said, mother wants a Christmas story. And you know mother. And so <laughs> I did it. And that's what this is. And um, it was just a Christmas poem, and she sang beautifully. And um, she sang, she put in music. So it was the the, uh, the story and the music, and it, it was beautiful. So you wrote the words, and your mom wrote the music. She just added the music to it, and the music was Sweet Little Jesus Boy, and I Wonder as I Wander by John Jacob Niles, and he was a neighbor, Kentuckian neighbor, who wrote that song. But she added those to the story of a little boy. And the story is about a little boy who had nothing um, of his own, but he had a voice, and he wanted to give something to everyone Christmas morning. Everyone rejected him. Every, the deacons, the the mayors, the everyone. He went to the doors presenting his gift and no one took it. And then 
the, the rest of the story is who accepted it and how, and I, I just love that, the part of it. So actually, the words are involved for those who like reading. The music, they have to imagine, and I think they could easily do that. And the art, Anna Bowles, Mary Helen, um, well, the book was based on old scraps of an old poem that I had written for a mother. And then during the pandemic, Mary Helen, the girls drove cross country, Route 66, uh, to Virginia. And one of her daughters happened to look in my old, old jewelry box that was not used, pulled out of the side of it scraps of paper, old typewritten paper. And that was the manuscript I had written for my mother. That was her poem. And that was for her program. And then when they read it, Mary Ellen said, this should really be put into a book. She took it with her. Anna Bowles agreed to do the beautiful artwork. Not a word was said about what to do. This was all of her heartfelt feeling about the book. This is the pictures, the paintings. And, oh, they are, they are so, so lovely. And so... <coughs> yes, they're beautiful. So oh, they are. Anna's a, a beautiful artist. I mean, she's a very vibrant, coloured art. Her, her art, the colour, is very well recognised, yes. And she's done, a, a, she's done your story, your book, Proud, so she has... Uh, she has, and I, I just appreciate the way she saw it. This is from her heart. And tell her about the big surprise you got when you got here. What did, you say, what did Hannah do? Oh, yes. When I arrived here, Mary Ellen had a pendant on. And um, that was around her neck, a piece of jewelry. Around her neck, a necklace. Yeah. And oh my goodness, the the pictures from the book had been made into pendants to wear, different scenes. And um, the one I love is the cover of the book. I just absolutely love love that. Beautiful. It's beautiful. So it is. It kind of reminds me of Sean's bar area. That's because it might be. <laughs> it all goes back to Sean's bar. <laughs> this program's getting better and better. <laughs> better by the minute. <laughs> and and you, you, got, you got one of those um, pieces that uh, Anna Bowles put together, did you? Yes. Yes. The neat thing about it was everything, the pictures are so Irish. And um, but the book is is for everybody of every nation, and that was what it was meant to be—the story. And um, so I just I absolutely am thrilled with the way it was printed. And the neat thing about it—they were so lovely. They they FaceTimed me when the book was coming off the presses and let me see how they came out and how they looked. And the very first book was sent to me immediately, the first book off the presses. And it was, it was, it was a thrill from beginning to end. 
And all of this happened during the pandemic. And can I just ask you, you came to Ireland. Why have you come to Ireland at this time? When to launch the book? Why are you here? Why am I here? Other than to see me, of course. <laughs> your yes, your baby elf. <laughs> to see your to baby elf. my first Christmas in Ireland. Is it? And for the book launch, which is going to be, there were, because of the pandemic, there was never any book launch. And um, so it's, it's coming now. And it's going to be on on Saturday? On Saturday. Saturday, December 10th at Fernhill Garden Center mm -hmm. because it's like a winter wonderland. It's always oh, perfect setting. beautiful there. Mm -hmm. and, and the people that are out there are very nice as well. So it's going to be at what time again? It's from 12 to 4, Fernhill Garden Center. And she's, she's getting so much coverage. It's been wonderful. She's interviewed mm -hmm. with the Independent and Patricia Scanlon. I see that. Um, featured her um, on the online for the big issue. Um, magazine that she does the book reviews for so she's just see it's our, our theme for this trip is you're never too old and it's never too late that's right <laughs> and that's very very obvious here today isn't it absolutely yes we're in great company uh, um, I'm talking to Mary uh, Dr. Mary Helen Hensley Mary Helen um, daughter of Helen Clark Hensley um, and I don't know if I did introduce you earlier on, I don't think I did because I wasn't just sure. that weird voice coming in from the side <laughs> I wasn't sure <laughs> <laughs> and if you can hear a voice on the other side, a man's voice now and again on the other side, that's Ian Williamson he brought us a fantastic poster here this morning that we all, it was gorgeous <laughs> what, what's the name of it, can you get to the mic there just for a second what's the name of what? Um, the poster Snob. Snob. Yep. Tell, tell us now, I know it's... it's not, uh, it was uh, the short three-minute um, film based on a, a local uh, swimming teacher in Bally League in Lanesborough. He teaches a local how to swim. We made a short film, <clears throat> pardon me, during lockdown, during the pandemic, when you know we couldn't get out. We needed to, take, to do something to alleviate our own mental uh, health and stress. We made a little short film, and the, the, the short story of that film is it went all the way to Hollywood and got picked up, and it was screened on October the 1st in Raleigh Studios in Los Angeles. So, um, yeah, that uh, worked out quite well. And I dropped by the studios today just to give you guys a canvas poster because uh, Seamus Duke interviewed me first and then a couple of weeks back, Ursula, you interviewed me yourself. So she was circle. cheeky enough to ask for a poster. She was cheeky enough to ask for, Lee, do you have any wall art spare? And I was like, actually, I do. <laughs> and, I, and I did. So the posters were um, sponsored by um, Alan Farrell of, uh, of the Yacht Bar in Lanesborough. And okay. we um, quite gladly brought in the, the last of the... I had five all together and you get the last one. Well, we're delighted for her because we're in a new studio here and we're looking for art to put up. And we really want sort of um, artists themselves, if you know what I mean, just to... And it's a way of giving voice to the artists as well because they come in on our programmes here, so we do. Lee, I'll be back to you in a minute. Um, tell me a little bit about Christmas in America. What was Christmas... Would you have snow... Well, it, it snows where we are. Okay. And um, I think it's pretty much like... We're in the Blue Ridge Mountains. Okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And um, Christmas is... It starts actually before Thanksgiving. And... Uh, it starts coral, before so Thanksgiving. Coral, uh, well, of course, the last two years have been quite different. But this year... Everything has just come back like it used to be, and um, all of the choral groups are singing. The trees are being lighted downtown, 
the art center has special performances. The Roanoke Symphony will be coming uh, to our hometown, which is small. Uh, and um, it, it's, it's just a wonderful time. And what about Santi? Would he be coming when you were little? Did when Santa you come when you were little? Oh my goodness, yes. And my favorite, favorite thing was the Shirley Temple doll. You probably don't Shirley remember Temple. Shirley Temple. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> with a little suitcase with her little clothes. And, uh, um, but I will tell you something. I was in a shopping store, a uh, family dollar store, and a gentleman was, um, was buying something. He was buying some peppermint candies. And I stopped and I said, you look just so intent. What, what are you doing? He said, these peppermint candies are so important. He said, because during the Depression, he said, what my father got for Christmas was one peppermint candy. And he felt so honored that Santa had left that. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was, that was a real Christmas story, right? Unexpected. Yeah, you can feel that, can't you? Yes. You can feel the Christmas yes. story. Leah, can you feel the Christmas story? I can. <laughs> I'm now introducing another guest we have on the show. <laughs> this is turning into be a mighty show, and the messages are coming in like furiously. people in this room. Hmm? <laughs> the messages are coming in, and they love your story as well, so they do. They think it's a beautiful story, and they're looking forward to seeing your book. Thank you. Um, where else are we? We've got another two minutes. Have you, Catherine, are you able to read your... Yeah, I Yes. Okay. Do we need to push that back a bit? That's all right, I'll do that too. Yeah, I'm sure his Duke has come in the studio as well. He's afraid yeah. he's missing the action outside. All right, Cathy, off you go. Okay. Your sons of Aaron, who despaired me, the motherland you abhor me, would not an Irish love our pride, air will not spare ye. The strangers dear I do not fear, nor can I pardon ever. Those who leave their native isle, oh, never, never. With struggling through some larger towns, they, you own never near native city. Some bigger men you may hunt down and bore them more the pity. Let not the state that makes you great assure you fall forever. We will never rise in good men's eyes, oh, never, never. Go out and go, go find me out on any map and match of Green Killarney. Or Kevin's bed or Dunlop's gap or the misty shades of Blarney. Or autumn caves of the Shannon waves. And me, I doubt if ever. An isle so fair will never see elsewhere. Oh, never, never, never. Beautiful. Do you want to be the last page of yours? Yes. Mm -hmm. This is Helen Clark Hensley reading her last page in her book. So now on Christmas and in lands far and wide, imagine two figures side by side, and if you hear hidden music when the church choir is through, in angelic harmony, clear and true, you'll know it's two boys who meet every year, an angel from heaven and his best friend from here. They sing of a world full of colorful faces, of kindness and caring for all of the races. 
It's their gift to you with a meaning sharp, one voice accompanied by an angel's harp. I don't know what to say. I can only say thank you to both of you. Uh, we're not going, you're That's not leaving. Us. Sound good. <laughs> <laughs> we're not going to sing again, Kathleen. No. <laughs> Kathleen, we're going to practice on the singing. <laughs> and Helen, you're going to practice on the singing. And I'm going to get rid of, rid of the rest of the audience because I think they're making you laugh. We can be millionaires by morning. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to make a film of it that's the thing we'll have to do I'd better go to the ads or we won't be making anything we'll turn off everything here I'm back on air I'm telling you this is a packed studio and you wouldn't know what's happening next to it let me see if I got Jason on air as well Hello, Jason. Yeah, I'm here. How are you, Ursula? <laughs> Did you hear the naughtiness that's going on here in studio all afternoon, Jason? <laughs> I'm glad you're not here. <laughs> You'd be in trouble too, so you would. This is Jason Farrell from the Midland Astronomy. Jason, you're welcome to the Arts Programme, first Wednesday of the month, and uh, tell us what's happening in um, the sky. Yeah, uh, so what we'll do is we'll get, we'll get straight into any of it for the month that's ahead of us. Uh, so today is the 7th, which is, funny, which is actually a very interesting night. Um, if you're out and about tonight, so this is December 7th, um, you will actually see the moon. And just beside the moon, you will actually see the planet Mars. Now, if you're, if you're going to be up pretty late, around 3 a.m. in the morning, roughly, you will see Mars actually dis- disappear behind the moon. Ooh. It's all an oculation, so it's a lunar oculation. Uh, so the, the planet will actually disappear behind the moon, and then it will just come back out the other side of the moon then itself. Um, it's very interesting if you're into photography. I know you have, uh, is it Lee? Yeah, uh, yeah Lee Williamson is here with us. Yeah, and he's yeah, just got out. He's just got out to listen to this. Tell me this again. About three o'clock in the morning. Yeah, about three o'clock in the morning. So if you're watching, the, if you're going out tonight when it starts getting dark and you see the moon in the sky, you'll see the uh, a red, what it looks like a red star, uh, starting to get very close to the moon itself. That's and Mars. Eventually, around Mars itself, the planet Mars. Yeah. Uh, even if you look at it with a decent pair of binoculars and maybe a decent pair of tel- telescope, uh, it will be just like a, a faint red object, slightly red object, so it will be in the night sky. But it's around 3 a.m. in the morning, coming up to 3 a.m. in the morning, you will see it where it will actually start disappearing behind the moon. Now, the likes of Lean that will be taken, he's good at the astrophotography, he's good at photography, so... If you get into the astrophotography aspect of it and that, it could be quite interesting to try and get a good image of that. So it's very, it's a good night. I know a lot of the guys are actually going to be waiting up just to see that, to see can they actually get a very good image of it. Okay, so that's about three o'clock in the morning. And are we expecting a clear sky? We're expecting, yeah. This is one thing about it is we love the cold weather because once you get that <laughs> sort of cold snap, you get the clear Hopefully no snow, but uh, yeah, if it was anything like last night, it was pretty clear last night. It got cloudy for a while, and then it started to pick up a bit then, so it's, it's it's good. The cold weather brings in lovely clear sky, so they're nice and crisp, but you need to wrap up very warm. Okay. What else yep, can and we... Then tomorrow night, then, you'll see uh, the moon and Mars again. So Mars will be beside the moon, uh, so you'll actually get to see it passing by the moon, so it'll actually be just on the... It'll be close to the moon again tomorrow night, which is the 8th. 
Then we're jumping up to the 14th, which we will have the Gemini meteor shower as well. So that, um, they, 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 it's a good meteor shower. So it can, up to about 80 meteors, shooting stars per hour, um, roughly, if you have a good clear sky in that, um, it, it's very interesting to go out and actually take a look at this. Uh, the moon will interfere once it starts rising. So if you, if, but if you're in a dark enough uh, area, uh, you, you will see up to about, roughly up to about 80, 80 meters. But the, like I said, cold nights wrap up pretty warm, maybe a hot water bottle or something like that with you, you know. Most of us now, we get a deck chair, go out sit in our gardens and wrap up pretty warm and see how many you can actually count, you know, per hour. Uh, so it's, it's very, very good. Um, then we're jumping up to the 21st, as you know, and now we'd have the December solstice. So we actually have our short day of the year. Yes. And then we're actually coming back into uh, getting a brighter evening from January on it. So, it, it, you know, it, it, it's something of interest to a lot of people around the world. And that's, you know, the, the likes of the solstice. The solstice so, um, 26th of December, so after Christmas Day, we have the moon, and you'll see another, what it looks like in the evening sky, another planet, which will, you might have taken it for Mars, but like our, our planets like swap around quite a lot in the night sky. So we'll have actually the planet Saturn. Saturn. On the 26th. On the so just after Christmas Day. Just after Christmas Day, you'll have the planet Saturn. So anyone that did get a telescope, maybe a compared notches for Christmas, would be an interesting uh, object to look at. It's the jeweler of the solar system, we call it, because once you look at Saturn, you'll be fascinated. Um, small pair of binoculars and a telescope, you will see the rings of Saturn and maybe a couple of its moons as well. Uh, and that, that is, is all going up onto the month of, for the month of December, because it'll be next year, but it's time me and you talk again. <laughs> it will be, uh, Jason. Just can I ask you, because uh, time is running out as usual. Um, yeah. The North Star... They followed the North Star to the baby Jesus. Was yeah, the, the, the Star of Bethlehem, yes. as they call it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it's an interesting topic. <laughs> <laughs> you and I have this discussion every year. <laughs> yeah, we, we have this every year, yeah. So uh, basically, Christmas, the Christmas Star, they call it, the, the Star of Bethlehem. So um, according to the Bible and that, you know, as, as those Catholics would, would read, uh, you know, it's what led the three wise men to the, the baby manger, Jesus. Uh, where baby, baby Jesus was born and that. Uh, but like, there's also, I suppose, the, the, science, the science behind it as well. Uh, and that, like, we, it's, it's every astronomer's um, interesting fact to find out actually what was it they were looking at. So like, going by some of it, um, it could have been actually a supernova as we're waiting for the likes of um, Beetlejuice to go supernova. So in the Chinese, uh, the Chinese astronomers recorded back at the same time, apparently, that when, when Jesus was born, uh, that there was a supernova in the night sky in around the same time. So this is a bright, this, you know, it's a, it's a starry influence. It'll cause a very bright light in the, in the night sky, nearly making it daytime. And they were saying, like, in the eastern to western skies, uh, this was visible. We have some astronomers saying that Jupiter was available, was actually also very bright in the night sky at that time. Then other astronomers would say it could have been a meteorite or even a comet even passing by and that. But look, who knows? Um, there was everyone, something there. You know, there was something. Was so, we know there was something there, but it's like we'll never figure out if we can only just travel back in time to see what it was in itself. 
Uh, but it is an interesting topic in that, you know. But uh, look, as, as Catholics, as we're all raised as Catholics, it's, uh, it's the star that led uh, the three wise men to baby Jesus. Yeah. So That's why yeah. we have Christmas. Jason, That's um, why we have Christmas. Yeah, Jason, I'm sorry. I'm kind of cutting you off a bit early because I have a, the two ladies are yeah, here okay. in the studio. Can I wish every yourself... And everybody at the Midlands Astronomy, all the best um, for a happy yep. Christmas. And uh, we look forward to catching up with you in January. And thank you for all your advice over the year. No problem at all, Ursula. Lovely speaking to you. Happy Christmas and a happy New Year to you all at Roth FM. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, no problem. Bye-bye, Jason. Can I get my... Bye-bye. Vis- yes. So now we're back on air. And everybody's chit-chatting here in the studio. I thought I'd catch them on the hop. What do you think? <laughs> Listen, um, <clears throat> start with yourself, Kathleen. Have you enjoyed your afternoon? I have. Um, thank you very much for inviting me down. I have, yeah. And what are you doing for Christmas this year? I'm going to my daughter for Christmas dinner. Oh, Christmas I, I live on my own. OK, well, that'll be nice, so as well, and I'll be wishing you a very happy Christmas, so I will. Thank you very much. And um, when you learn your songs, when you learn your words, you can come back in. How's that? That's and you'll be more than welcome any time. And what about yourself? Have you enjoyed yourself? Have you enjoyed yourself? Oh, I've loved it. Every minute of it. And especially today. Yes, and we look forward to catching up with you in Fern Hill on Saturday, December the 10th, for your book launch. At what time? 12 to 4. 12 to 4. Thank you. We, we have another five minutes so we can chat away. Have you any other stories to tell me? Have you any stories to tell me about Christmas? We'd be here... Till 2040, I'd say. <laughs> 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 but, well, this is a very special Christmas for me because Mom is here. And um, we are, we're going to road trip. We're doing the girls' road trip. Um, my two daughters are in musical theater school. Okay. And so one is in Dublin at BIM, and the other girl is in the International College of Musical Theater in London. And so... We did Macy's last Christmas, and Mom walked all through Central Park, yep, at 92. So at 93, she decided she'd like <laughs> to see the Christmas lights in Harrods. So off we go, and um, we're going to do um, a night in Stratford-upon-Avon. Oh, that's magical. And in the York Christmas markets, mm. because we did Scotland all summer. Mm-hmm. And uh, woo, home team. <laughs> and because she is Helen Douglas Clark lady of Glencoe um, because I bought... That was a Christmas present. It was her Christmas present. <laughs> Tell them about your Christmas present last year. Oh my goodness. It was a, a certificate. Oh. And uh, it was an honest um, piece of property in Scotland. And so this past summer when I was here Mary Helen drove up this little gravel road and I thought where are we? It was near Loch Ness. And all of a sudden, we pulled in, stopped, and there was the preserve in Scotland. And we could find my piece of property. I mean, it was as big as this table. (laughs) This is where the cheese pays off, though. You know, it's such a cheesy present. But what it was, was it came with a promise during a pandemic that that had no certain end. And it came with the promise that we would get out of this and we would go to this piece of land. 
And so that's what we did this I summer. Said, where are we? She said, on your property. Selfish because it does pass to me after. <laughs> oh, oh, that's that'll be in the deed. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, planning. That's called planning. That's it. Absolutely. <laughs> and did you enjoy, did you enjoy the surprise, Helen? Did you enjoy the surprise? Oh my goodness! I was amazed. I loved it. It. You walk into a forest that is just Glencoe. Glencoe just. I just I felt at home. <laughs> I really yeah, did. Yeah. Loved it. You felt at home. I think that was an amazing present. And you travel over. I just you travel over and back quite a bit. And Captain, you were in in, in the yeah, USA. Yeah, I on my own too. Yeah, you did. Yeah, I was in America twice this year already. <laughs> yeah. And you're only back. I went to. I went to um, yes. <clears throat> I went to Boston in in March, and then I I, I booked a plane for uh, to uh, go to Chicago, and it's been five weeks with my sisters in Chicago. I came back to Boston again in five weeks with Timmy, and then I came home. I know, and Mary, Mary was missing you all the time that you were away. I know, and uh, how do you call it? Mary and uh, myself went back for a wedding in October there. That's right. And uh, my son and his wife and two of his sons, and my two nieces, uh, Marie and Magilla, they're twins. And uh, we all had a great time. And the, the wedding was out at a seaside place. And it was like staying in the Shamrock Lodge in Athlone and uh, limo limoed over to the Radisson where they held the wedding and limoed back again to the Shamrock Lodge for, to, for bread and breakfast. Yeah, we had a wonderful time. Yeah, like there was a more, a more of a Linden family out there than there was home in Ireland. <laughs> my, my, my brother had uh, four boys and one girl. Because one boy and girl has passed away within four months of each other with cancer. Ah. And their mom is still alive, 97. And my brother got killed in a hit and run accident. And, uh, was that recently? My wife, uh, the oldest boy was nine and the youngest wasn't two when he passed away. Yeah. After doing, he was after coming out of the Korean, he wasn't in the Korean War, but he was in the army. They were conscripted as colonists that went out to America. They were only six months in America, my brother and Pat, when they were conscripted into the army. And uh, they uh, were on the boat. Billy was on the boat going out toward the Korean War, and he got sick and was turned back. And my brother was um, coming in from training the evening before, and he turned on his ankle, and he couldn't put his boot on in the morning. It was all swollen. 